0: This segment of the Cliff Notes podcast is sponsored by the Maryville Forum Sports Section. The Maryville Forum provides coverage of the Maryville, Platte Valley, Nottaway Valley, Worth County, and Northwest Missouri State football teams each week in print and digital. The Forum is proud to cover all sports for Maryville, Platte Valley, North Nottaway, Northeast Nottaway, Nottaway Valley High Schools, and Northwest Missouri State University. A year long subscription to the Forum is only $35. Go to maryvilleforum.com to get yours today. And welcome everybody here to the special week 9 edition of the MIAA pregame show. I am your host, Clifton Grooms. We are going to be breaking down the huge matchup between Nebraska Kearney and Northwest. That takes place at 2 o'clock in Maryville this Saturday. We're going to break down that game here in just a little bit. Um, Let me give you a quick rundown of what's going to go on during the show today. Um, We're going to do a quick rundown of the MIAA scoreboard from Week 8 here in just a minute. But then we're going to recap extensively the games between Northwest and Northeastern State from last week. And also Pitt State and Missouri Western, which I had the opportunity to attend also last week. And then we're going to get into the breakdown segment, which we're not only going to break down the UNK Northwest game. We're also going to break down the Missouri Western-Missouri Southern game That takes place in Joplin also at 2 o'clock on Saturday. So here's a lineup of our guests for today. We have Brandon Meisner on for the first time. He's going to be talking about um, the Super Region 3 rankings and how they impact the game between Nebraska Kearney and Northwest. Also, the voice of the Bearcats, John Coffey, is coming on. The voice of the Nebraska Kearney Lopers, Jason Jorgensen, joins us. News Press Now's Brandon Zinner joins us. John Dykstra from the Maryville Forum joins us. David Robertson from D2Football.com joins us. So we got a pretty loaded lineup for everybody here on the MIAA pregame show. But well, before we look ahead to Week 9, let's put Week 8 in the bed here. And and, and a get-right game on Saturday. Northwest was able to defeat Northeastern State 59-7 to move their record to. To 6-1 and one on the season. A late touchdown by Fort Hayes lifts them to a victory over UCM. 21-17 was the final score there. Washburn with their backup quarterback Kelly Simonsick was able to defeat UCO 29-17. to 17. Now remember their starting quarterback Mitch Schurig got hurt during the Northwest game. Simonsick came in and led the Ichabods to that victory two weeks ago against Northwest in Topeka. Emporia was barely able to escape with a win over Missouri Southern, 24 21. UNK all over Lincoln, 56 0. And then Pitt State over Missouri Western, 34 14 was the final score. Whenever we come back, we'll recap um, Missouri Western and Northwest last week. And we'll look ahead to the big matchup between Nebraska Cardi and Northwest. You're listening to the Cliff Notes Podcast, Week Nine Pregame Show. And welcome everybody back to the Week Nine pregame show, the MIAA pregame show here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. Let's recap the uh, Week Eight games for Northwest and Missouri Western. Start first by starting off with Northwest's trip to Tahlequah, Oklahoma, as they took on Northeastern State. We're going to run down the scoring plays, and then we'll go over some of the numbers here. Northwest able to get the scoring started at the 8:52 mark with a Cole Himbro three-yard pass from Mike Hohensey, That makes a 7-0 Bearcats. And then Jamar Moya, one of his three touchdowns on the day, coming from a 16-yard pass from Hohensey, makes it 14-0 Northwest. That At the 529 mark, that would be the score we would end the first quarter with. In the second quarter, Hohensey was able to run for a four-yard score, makes it 21-0 Northwest. And then Moya, his second touchdown on the day coming, from another touchdown pass from Hohensey from five yards out. 28-0 Bearcats at this point. Um, Northeastern State would get on the board with a touchdown after a Jordan Lamont pick six off of Mike Hohensey, which ended up getting taken to the house. That makes it 28-7 Northwest, as that would be the only score Northeastern State would get on the day. That would be a halftime score of 28-7 to Northwest would lead the Riverhawks. In the third quarter, they would add three more scores. Two from from Jamar Moya on a 10-yard and a 71-yard touchdown run. And then the other touchdown in the third quarter coming from a Braden Wright coming back after several weeks on the shelf. He was able to throw a 19-yard touchdown pass to Alec Tatum. And at the end of the third quarter, it would be 49-7 Northwest. Bearcats would add two scores in the fourth with a Cole Lamble. 38-yard field goal. And then Robert Rowery, a Liberty native, was able to run for a 13-yard score. 59-7 would be the final score. Italic was Northwest. Rebounded off their first loss of the regular season at Washford. They get it done over Northeastern State. 59-7. to Let's go over some of the um statistics here real quick. Um, Northeastern State only managed 101 yards of total offense, including 25 on the ground, it's 76 through the air. That was a that's a big statistic there. We've talked about how long the Bearcats' defense has been dominant all season long. This game, absolutely no exception. Um, I think one of my biggest complaints as far as Northwest coming from this game would have to be the penalties. They still had 10 penalties for 85 yards, but Northeastern State had more penalties, 13 of them for 115 yards. Northwest is going to have to limit those penalties if they're going to beat Nebraska Kearney this Friday, this Saturday. We'll break that down here in just a minute. Well, we also had a game in St. Joseph on Saturday as Pitt State was able to take on Missouri Western. Um, and the Gorillas of Pitt State were able to get a score right off the bat with a Dallas Flowers 98-yard kickoff return. That made it 7-0 Pitt State. That would be the score we would end the first quarter with 7-0 Gorillas after one. Second quarter, Gorillas would add three scores. One of them on a Tyler Atkins 5-yard touchdown run. And then across Holmes, 50-yard field goal would make it 17-0 Pitt State. And then with 14 seconds left in the quarter, Jalen Martin hauls at a 14-yard touchdown pass from Max Sexton to make it 24-0 Pitt State at the half. Third quarter... Cross Holmes would add another 27-yard field goal for Pitt State. Makes it 27-0, Gorillas. That would be the score before Northwest, uh, before Missouri Western was able to add a touchdown on the board with a one-yard touchdown run by Shane Butler Law, Shane Butler Lawson Jr. A one-yard touchdown run. Makes it 27-7. Um, Pitt State still leading. Um, and then the fourth quarter with 14-51 on the clock. Devin Garrison hauls it. A 12-yard touchdown pass from Max Sexton. Makes a 34-7 Pitt State. Missouri Western would get on the board. Um, early in the fourth quarter, it would be their last touchdown of the game as Reagan Jones would run in from an eight from eight yards to make a 34-14 Pitt State, and that would be the final score. Gorillas defeat Missouri Western 34-14. Pitt State moves to 6-2. Missouri Western would fall to 3-5. Let's run down a few of the statistics here in this game here. Um... Regan Jones well, finished with 7 of 11 for 142 yards. Didn't have a touchdown through the air. Threw an interception late in the fourth quarter. That would be the only pick on the day for Regan Jones. Anthony Vespa goes 7 of 19 for 55 yards. No touchdowns. No interceptions. Regan Jones, however, did have 8 carries for 77 yards. And that score that I just mentioned there. Um, Western also got a 100-yard receiving day from Cooper Burton, the Benton product. Six catches for 135 yards through the air, and which would total 197 receiving yards by the wide receivers. There, as uh, Max Sexton for Pitt State finished 19 of 29 for 224 yards. Those are the recaps for Week 8. We're going to preview Week 9 here real quick. After another quick commercial break, you're continuing to listen to the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 9 MIAA Pregame Show. And welcome everybody back to the week 9 in my MIAA pregame show. We are going to take a look real quick at the conference standings where they stand right now. Nebraska Kearney currently leads the conference with a 7-1 record. Right behind them is Northwest with a 6-1 record. Tied at 5-2 is Pitt State and Washburn. Both those teams will meet in Pittsburgh, Kansas next week in a big game. More than likely with playoff implications there. Uh, three teams stand at 4-4 four and four right now, Central Oklahoma, Emporia State, and Fort Hayes. And then two teams at 3-5, Missouri Southern and Missouri Western. Both those teams will play this week. Uh, Central Missouri and Northeastern State both have 2-6 and six records, while Lincoln rounds out the conference with an 0-7 record. Let's take a look real quick at the AFCA poll this week with MIAA teams included. Um, checking in at number 8, in the poll is Northwest, number 7. Number 17 is Nebraska Kearney. And the two MIAA teams receiving votes, that would be Washburn and Pittsburgh State. And the D2Football.com poll, number 6 is Northwest. And the Nebraska Kearney round is at number 17. And the D2Football.com poll. Our players of the week in the MIAA are Chance Fuller from Fort Hayes State. The junior quarterback had a big day through the air, including... A late touchdown pass to seal the win for Fort Hay State. That will earn him an Offensive Player of the Week nominee. Also on the Fort Hay State, end, on the defensive end, John Johnson, a freshman linebacker, wins. The Defensive Player of the Week nominee there. And then the special teams, James Letcher Jr. had a kickoff return for a touchdown. That was a big play to give Washburn a 29-27 win over UCO. Here's the big rankings that we've been talking about. On Monday afternoon, the rate, the super, the super, regional rankings were released. The MIAA is in Super Regional 3, and we're going to run down those rankings. They do a top 10 ranking. The top seven teams in the, in the rankings at the end of the year will make the postseason. And here are the rankings here standing after week 9 of the Division II football season. At 7-0, Ferris State is the number one team in the region, followed by Harding at 7-1. Grand Valley State is at five and one in Division Two. They are at three at number three in the region. Grand Valley's only loss was to number one Ferris State. Lindenwood, former member of the MIAA, they are at number four with a six and one record. Northwest is at number five with a six and one record. Henderson State is at number six with a seven and one record, and then Nebraska Kearney is at number seven also with a seven and one record. Those would be the seven teams if the season were to end today. Those seven teams. Would make the playoffs. Right now, at this moment on the outside looking in, Watchatop Baptist has a 7 1 record in Division 2. Despite being in the top 10 in the D2 football polls, they're at number 8 in Super Regional 3. And then Washford is at number 9 with a 6 2 record. And then Southeastern Oklahoma rounds out the rankings with a 6 2 record of their own. We had an opportunity this week for the very first time on the podcast to hear. From the editor of D2Football.com, Brandon Meisner, we talked about his story, how he started the website, a look into the Super Regional rankings, what it means for the MIAA, and his his prediction and keys to the game for the big game in Maryville this Saturday. And we're here on the ClifDose Podcast. We're continuing on here with our Week 9 MIAA pregame show. For the first time, we have the editor, of D2Football.com with us. Brandon Meisner is on the podcast for the first time. Brandon, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, Brandon, um, I know that you do a lot of um, great work on D2Football.com. A lot of people do. Um, Brandon, um, I want to get your story on how you got started, um, your interest in D2Football and how you put the website together and all that good stuff.
1: Well, uh that's a long story and it's uh, a long time ago. Um back I graduated college in nineteen ninety six and there was not the internet was just becoming popular while I was in college. And it, it really boomed right after the place. So it was an advantageous for me in part. But uh don't all it prison naturally. And uh, nothing existed except for uh, USA Today would run one article a week by a guy named Greg Dr. And he would kind of serve, I guess, as the national columnist uh, for Division II football. He would write certain things, uh, so on and so forth. And I was just frustrated that there wasn't more. So um, I had met some uh, a guy in Florida, Alabama, uh, over the Internet, for uh a few years before we started the site. And then one year I, as a joke I sent him a mock up of what a site could look like. And he you know, his quote or his you know quote back to me was, Let's build it. We kinda started it as a joke. And long story short, it grew uh grew so fast that it eventually became a lot bigger deal than we thought and uh um, you know, we get to uh, You know, I I always tell people when they ask about this, you know, like one day we got 900 visitors and stuff. Hey, isn't that great? It'd be be amazing to get, you know, 2,000. And then the next day would be 2,000. And then they'd say 5,000, and the next day it would be 5,000. And, you know, we've gotten anywhere uh, to the point where, you know, we can expect 25,000 visitors a day uh, at certain parts of the season, anywhere from three and a half to five and a half million visitors a year. So uh, it grew bigger than we ever thought it would be. It started as a joke, but uh, it's, it's not a joke any longer.
0: Oh, absolutely. It is not. I go to D two football.com for a lot of resource. Absolutely. I do a lot of reading on there. So, um, well, Brandon, um, well the regional rankings came out this week. I know that's a very exciting time for everybody. Really. uh, We start really putting the pieces together on, Maybe where, you know, maybe some teams could fall in the postseason, not totally finalized, but maybe get a little bit of an idea. Um, Super Regional 3, Northwest, and Kearney are in the rankings. Northwest is at 5, Kearney is at mm-hmm. 7. Um, just give your thoughts on overall, your overall thoughts on Super Regional 3 and um, and where Northwest and Kearney are ranked.
1: Well, um, you know, it's just a snapshot of what is you know, what has happened uh to this point in the season after this weekend uh win or lose either Nebraska Cornhuskers or Northwest Missouri will have a much stronger strength of schedule because they will essentially both be playing uh you know a, a 9 and 1 I'm sorry uh 7 and 1 team uh or a 6 and 1 team uh so um I'm sorry seven, Northwest will be playing a 7 and 1 team Carney would be playing a 6-1 team because of the Lincoln cancellation. but So that's really going to help both teams' strength of schedule, of course. One team is going to end with a loss, so that's going to hurt. But if you look at it right now, um, you know, they're Harding with one loss, Grand Valley with one loss, Lindenwood with one loss, uh, Henderson State with one loss are all ahead of Northwest and or Carney. And the strength of schedule is going to be better uh but the uh the loss will be bad for one of them so I think the winner will get a little boost because of the strength of schedule going up. Uh the loser will drop but maybe not too much, you know, um Washburn's there with two losses already, southeastern Oklahoma's two losses. But um you know I, I think that that's the, the most likely thing to happen. The winner gets a little boost, maybe gets up to a position where they're hosting. And uh the loser will be you know certainly in gotta win out you know territory for the rest of the year.
0: I know that people take a look at the rankings and stuff like that. I know like you know sometimes I have questions even sometimes, but um give our listeners um really um really go into the criteria of how all the regions are ranked um how they're all how they're all set and all that stuff.
1: Okay, well, let me you know to to really have somebody understand it via audio, via conversation. You can't get to it uh, exactly like you would um, in in terms of uh, like you would like on text to read it. But let's look at it. Uh, I think the best way to look at it is this way: it's a combination of your wins and losses. So you just just get your um, your record. It's also a combination of your strength of schedule. That. Strength of schedule component. Well, let me first let me talk about your wins and losses. Don't they think of it in terms of how many how many games you lost? I think that's the easiest way to do it and the most accurate way to do it. Zero loss team, a one loss team, a two loss team. Don't focus on is it nine and two or eight? That doesn't matter as much. What matters is the number of losses. All right. So once you get that and kind of understand that part. You move to the to the strength of schedule, and there are two components of strength of schedule. There's your opponent's winning percentage, meaning what is the record of the people that you play, the teams that you play, minus the game that you played. So, um, you know, if if you beat a team, the the loss that they get against you doesn't count against your strength of schedule. So that is two thirds of the component of strength of schedule. Then you're, there's your opponent's opponent's winning percentage, which means, you know, just like it says, it's the winning percentage of the people you play, and then it's the winning percentage of those. So take it to another level. That's a third of the component. Uh, this year there's also another factor uh, called performance index. That's very complicated. has over 30 different categories and criteria, you know, like a home – uh, win against a team with a 900 or better record will get you this amount of points. In uh, a, a road loss to a team with a 900 or better record will get you this points. So on and so forth. And that is also a factor in this. But you know, really boil it down, the first two parts are the most important: the number of losses you have, and then your strength of schedule. Uh, I know, you know, that's the easiest way to explain it without reading into you know reading something big into it or uh, you know or writing it down reading it, it. but if you just want to understand it with words that's probably the easiest way to explore it.
0: Well thank you so much for that Brandon. I, I definitely got I definitely learned a lot from that. Um well definitely no this weekend well definitely this weekend I think it's the biggest game in Super Regional three. It takes place in Maryville, Missouri this Saturday, 2 o'clock, Nebraska Cardi goes to Northwest Missouri State for a lot on the line in MIAA, MIAA conference implications, Super Region 3 implications, all that, all that good stuff. Um, Brandon, just uh, give your thoughts on this huge matchup in Maryville and maybe some keys for both teams if they want to walk out of Maryville with a victory.
1: Well, I think you're right that it is the, the top game in Super Region 3. Uh, I would say it's probably not even close. I think that's uh, that's exactly right. Um, you know, the key for Northwest, I think, is to make uh, UK one-dimensional. Um, it's something Northwest likes to do, is to eliminate the run, eliminate the run game the offense, the, the opposing team's offense. Uh, if they do that, that means Jay Davis will, who's not uh, – an ineffective pocket passer, but certainly better. He's a run-first option, and, and uh, if they're able to do that, Northwest will have success against Carney. Carney, obviously, on their other hand needs to, um, at least on, uh, on offense, to be multiple, to be able to run the ball, and still have a real threat of the run, the real threat of the pass, makes them much, much harder to defend. Uh, Northwest Missouri will try to run the ball. Uh, I, I see. Um, you know, one thing you have to consider when you're Northwest Missouri in this instance, in this situation, is that you're going to have a limited amount of possessions because of what Carney does on offense. You might have 100 fewer possessions than you're used to. So you have to value the ball and uh, score touchdowns when you get into the Reds system. Uh, Northwest Missouri has been making a lot of mistakes lately in my opinion, and they will need uh, to clean that up. Nebraska economy's defense doesn't provide the type of, uh, the, the type of uh, obstacle that Northwest Missouri state defense does. Northwest offense has not been as consistent. Uh, I think those would be the key the way that both those teams approach the game.
0: Well, I'm definitely looking forward to the matchup. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Um, Brandon, thank you so much for, um, coming on the podcast, to tell people um, where they could check your work out at on D2Football.com.
1: Yeah, just D2Football.com. It's letter number two, football.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, and it's D2Football. We're um, easy to find if you search for D2Football with the number two rather than two eyes. so, uh, but um, I, I don't show up much. I do host the Sunday night show uh, that we've been doing and, and having a lot of fun doing, and Obviously, we'd love people to watch that. But, uh, again, you can follow us on Twitter and the website is D2Football.com.
0: Brandon, thank you so much for coming on again, um, for um, coming on the podcast. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. All right. See you there. That was Brandon Meisner of D2Football.com. there on the podcast. Thank you so much, Brandon, for coming on. This is the big one that we're talking. This is why we're here. Nebraska Cardi. At Northwest, this Saturday, 2 o'clock, Maryville, Missouri. Homecoming for Northwest. I know there's going to be some people inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend. A good atmosphere. I would expect probably about 9,000 people to load up Bearcat Stadium for this huge game. I think this is easily the biggest game Nebraska Cardi has played in since their, their entrance into the MIAA back in 2012, we're going to take a look how both teams rank in some of the big statistical categories in the MIAA. In points scored, Nebraska Cardi is almost at 37 points per game. That is number one in the league. Northwest, not that far behind. They score 32 points a game. That ranks fifth in the conference. In points allowed, Northwest only allowing nine points per game. That is first in the MIAA, while Nebraska Kearney allows 20 a game. That only ranks third in the MIAA, so Northwest, um, their defense is pretty stacked as far as points allowed there. In the passing game, Northwest has a little bit of the edge in the passing game, passing for 231 yards per game. That is sixth in the conference. Nebraska Kearney stands at 213.5. Right now, that is 8th in the MIAA. As far as passing yards allowed, Northwest under just under 200 yards per game allowed through the air. That is number one in the MIAA. nebraska Carney allows 224 yards per game. That ranks fifth in the MIAA. As far as rushing, nebraska Carney is the number one rushing team in the MIAA coming out at 270 yards a game while Northwest is just behind them at number two with 200 It's 16 rushing yards again. As far as rushing yards allowed, Northwest only allows 42 rushing yards a game. That is pretty, that's pretty good. That ranks number one in the MIAA. Nebraska Cardi, not that great. Not that great. 156 yards through the through on the ground. That ranks in the middle of the pack in the MIAA. Total offense. Nebraska Cardi is number one in that category with almost 500 yards of total offense. They stand at 483 right now after eight weeks of the season. Northwest is at number four in that category with 448 yards of total offense a game. Total defense, Northwest, they only allow 233 yards a game on the defensive end. That is number one in the MIAA, while Nebraska Cardi allows 380. That stands for number six. In the MIAA, look at a few um, statistics from this game. Northwest owns a 12-4 lead in the all-time series against Nebraska Cardi. But the Lopers won the matchup in 2019. A 24-17 win in Cardi. I think that was T.J. Davis's coming out party. He had 100 yards rushing that game and 125 through the air. I think that was really when um, the MIAA really started to take notice of T.J. Davis. When you And I think that's when the nation started taking a little bit of notice at Nebraska-Carney and looking at the work Josh Lynn has done in Carney since his hiring in 2017. Northwest, however, they're looking for their sixth straight win on homecoming. The Bearcats have not lost on homecoming since 2014. That was a 35-17 to loss to Pitt State back in the 2014 season. We talked about uh, Northwest here in this game. We had an opportunity to talk more about this big game with the voice of the Northwest of Missouri State Bearcats. John Coffey had the opportunity to join us. Him and I break down last week's game at Northeastern State, and we get his thoughts and his keys to the game for a Bearcat victory over Nebraska-Carney in Maryville this Saturday. And we're here on the Clipped Podcast. We are continuing to break down the huge matchup in Maryville on Saturday between Nebraska Kearney and Northwest. Um, we wouldn't be able to have this pregame show without having the voice of the Bearcats with us. John Coffee is back. John, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Well, John, um, this we're, we'll talk about this weekend here in just a few minutes. But um, last weekend, the Bearcats rebounded off a tough loss to Washburn. A couple weeks ago, they rebounded with a trip to Tahlequah, Oklahoma, and defeated Northeastern State 59-7. to What's the final score? Um, John, your thoughts on the ball game?
2: Well, I think the Northwest went in and did uh, pretty much what they needed to do. They uh, worked on a lot of uh, things, just kind of worked on themselves more than anything, although uh, they were concerned a little bit about Northeastern State because uh, they are an improving team, but they're still not quite at the level Northwest is right now. So they went in and wanted to work on some uh i think some fundamental things and uh, uh get some uh, guys in the game that haven't had a chance to see much extended time up to this point in the season and uh that all came together and i think they accomplished their goals in the morning
0: yeah absolutely definitely did a good job that puts northwest at six and one so far on the regular season um john um we had the regional rankings come out at the beginning of the week. The Bearcats checked in at number five on the initial rankings. Um, just uh, your thoughts on um, how how, North, how Northwest stands in the region right now at this moment.
2: Well, I think right now it's a situation where it looks like they probably need to win out to make the playoffs. Again, some other things can happen. Of course, uh, the strength of schedule will get a little bit better after facing uh, Nebraska Kearney on Saturday. And uh, hopefully they can get some other uh, teams that uh, they've played to, to come up with some winning records uh, with some wins there toward the end of the year and that help that aspect of it on everything. But uh, I think right now if they just uh, take care of business, uh, if they can come up with a win against Nebraska Kearney and uh, close out with Southern Emporia, they should be in. But, of course, uh, that's easier said than done.
0: Well, John, this is the big one. Saturday, it's the day before Halloween. It's homecoming Um Conference title implications um very well could be conference title implications uh regional implications Nebraska Kearney comes to Maryville with a showdown with the Bearcats um John um just um your thoughts on Nebraska Kearney um your thoughts on this ball game and maybe a key or two for Northwest to walk out of Maryville on Saturday with a victory
2: well, I think uh, the big key for Northwest is just to try to slow down TJ Davis so that's the a- Easier said than done. I don't think anybody in the conference this year has been able to do that very well. He's just such a dual threat. Uh, again, a very strong runner, uh, that quarterback position. And uh, that was something that I think he he's had all along coming into the uh, Loper program, but his uh, passing ability, I think is developing. He's been able to find some receivers uh, that have been wide open from what I've seen on some film that they've been running some good routes and, uh, and uh, they've had some uh, nice pass plays. So again, that's something that they got to watch for with the passing game. But I think if they can shut TJ down first running, that'll be a big key to this. And then uh, on the offensive side, just kind of build off of what they did last week and uh, continue to grow.
0: Yep, absolutely. This is going to be a big one on Saturday, um, John. Uh, before we let you uh, go, um, again, where can people where can people catch you and Matt on the call?
2: Well, the best place uh, to start with is 90.5 FM KXCV. That's the flagship station of the Bearcat Radio Network. We're also on 88.9 in Chillicothe and KKWK out of uh, Cameron at 100.1. And then, of course, uh, if you're out and about, uh, a good way to uh, catch us is with our uh, Bearcat public media app, Uh, a great way to uh, uh, listen to the games, and when we're, we're on the road, also a good way to sync up our audio with the uh, video if you're a subscriber to the MIAA uh, Network. So uh, that's uh, uh, the best ways to uh, uh, be able to follow our broadcast.
0: Well, I'll definitely go check them out. Uh, John and Matt just do incredible work on the Bearcat Radio Network. Um, John, thank you so much for coming on the podcast once again to talk about this huge game on Saturday, and um, we'll see you we'll see on Saturday. Okay, sounds good. That was the voice of the Northwest Missouri State Bearcats, John Coffey, with us. Um, On a different perspective, though, we were able to secure the services of my guy from the Maryville Forum. That would be John Dykstra. We talked about his thoughts of the game in Tahlequah, Oklahoma, against Northeastern State, and his keys to the game for Northwest's matchup with Nebraska Carney. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We are doing more preview of the big game on Saturday between nebraska Cardi and Northwest. This Saturday in Maryville, we got my guy from the Maryville Forum. He is the, he is the sports editor. John Dykstra is with us. John, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Clifton. Well, John, um, I know we didn't get a chance to talk, at least on the podcast. Um, two weeks, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, Northwest um, suffered the first loss of the season at Washburn, um, took a trip to Tahlequah, Oklahoma, and rebounded very nicely with a 59-7 to victory over Northeastern over North State. Uh, I know that you made the trip. Um, John, your thoughts on the ball game?
3: Um, it was uh, obviously a good performance for Northwest. Uh, their defense shut them out. Their defense was dominant, 101 total yards. Um, they did have a pick six from Mike Coency, but he also uh, threw for or he also accounted for four touchdowns, one of which was a rushing touchdown, which is a very big deal. And when I talked to Coach Rich Wright on Monday, he pointed that out too that Mike is a mobile quarterback. That's how he came up playing is he, he can run. And he said for the last four weeks, he hasn't been able to run. He simply can't because he's been hurt. So um, he, he got a rushing touchdown in that game and, Coach basically said he's he's kind of back a little bit in terms of being healthy and ready to go, and that's that's going to be huge for them. And obviously, the other quarterback, Braden Wright, coming back after that scary situation he had and being a uh, being being able to play, completed four or five passes, had a touchdown pass to Alec Tatum, also had the new dyed mustache for that game that he was pretty proud of. So. He's a blonde haired kid with a black mustache. Um, I don't know if he's keeping that. He also had a cowboy hat. So he said he was going full Oklahoma for the trip. So uh, good old Braden is, is back to feeling good, obviously with the jokes. So uh, that's a good thing for, for Bearcat fans. And uh, obviously a big one this week and you want him feeling good.
0: Absolutely. Uh, John, this is the big one. Saturday, two o'clock. Cardi comes to town homecoming, MIAA conference implications, super regional three implications. Um, I think uh, probably two of the best rushers in the entire nation and TJ Davis and Al McKellar. This is going to be box office. I cannot wait. Um, your thoughts on the ball game and uh, maybe a key or two from you for Northwest to walk out of Bearcat Stadium with a victory on Saturday?
3: Well, um, I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head there, Those the rushing attack. And I talked to Rich. Obviously, one of the first questions I asked is about T.J. Davis, because, of course, you're going to ask about T.J. Davis. And he talked about how he's a great runner and everything, and he's always been a great runner. But he said the biggest strides he's seen this year is as a passer. He's he's the most efficient passer in the MIAA, uh, Poetsy second, actually. Um, And that's where he's seen those strides. He said it's throwing the football. So um, you're not going to be able to be one dimensional against Northwest. I know they kind of were last year and were able to to get that win or two years ago in 2019. I um, I think to beat this year's version of Northwest, you're going to have to be able to throw the ball. And this version of T.J. Davis definitely can throw the ball. He also didn't commit to what he was going to do quarterback-wise. Obviously, I talked to him on Monday, so that's a a long time. A lot of practice before that, and he wasn't sure exactly what it was going to do, but he, he thought both of them would probably play with Braden and Mike. So I think the quarterbacks really kind of tell the story of this game. Um if Northwest quarterbacks play well, I think they're gonna be hard to beat. But if if TJ Davis is like you said, box office, then boy, oh boy, the Bearcat fans may have a new rival and it's not even a team. It's a, it's just a player with what TJ's done during the last couple of years. So the other the other part offensively for Northwest is gonna be Al McKeller. Um Nebraska Carnies had a great year, but they're in the bottom half in rush defense in the MIAA. Um, and there are some defenses that haven't performed that well in the MIAA. So that's not a good place to be. Um, and Al McKellar is Al McKeller, And Jamar Moya was, we didn't even talk about him in the Northeastern game, but God, he was, he was fantastic the other day. So um, if you got those guys, I don't know Devonte Green's status yet, but they got a stable back so they can throw at them. And if Mike and Braden can run around a little bit, man, they, they can run the ball. So, um, it might be a a class, it might be a quick game on uh, on Saturday because it might be two teams that try to run a lot. um, but it should be a good game, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely. definitely, you could check out of um, John's coverage of the game on Twitter. You could check out his coverage of the game on the Maryville forum. You could check that out every Thursday on newsstands in Maryville or on the Maryville Forum or on MaryvilleForum.com. You can check that out there. Um, John, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm so excited for the game. I know you are too. Um, Thanks
3: for having me, Clifton.
0: Yep, absolutely. Thank you for coming on, and uh, we will see you on Saturday. Sounds good. See ya. That was John Dykstra of the Maryville Forum. You can check uh, him out and his work on the MaryvilleForum.com. A little bit of a deeper preview on Nebraska Kearney. Nebraska Kearney is led by their fifth-year head coach Josh Lynn. Fourth season actually playing football. Lynn was hired on at Nebraska Kearney before the 2017 season. In his first season with the with the Lopers, Lynn's team went three and eight on the season. In 2018, they improved by going five and six, and then in 2019, Nebraska Kearney went six and five. They won a bowl game, and they got wins over Northwest and Missouri Western and was a Hail Mary away from beating UCM that season. So Nebraska Hardy definitely has improved every year under Josh Lynn's watch, including 71 here on the 2021 season so far. Let's take a look at the numbers for their, their quarterback, all-world quarterback, TJ Davis. He's a redshirt junior. Here's his 2021 season highlights So far, he's a four-time MIAA Offensive Player of the Week. He has four straight games with four touchdowns, 10 passing and six rushing. He's got three 100 rushing yard games on the year, two two 200-yard passing games, and eight games with a completion percentage of 60% or higher. In the the national rankings, he is first in passing efficiency with a 196.6 passer efficiency rating. He is first in the nation in passing yards per at all 18 yards per completion and passing yards at 12 yards. He is second in the he is second in rushing yards by a quarterback with 830. That is above all NCAA divisions in the MI. In the NAIA, he is tied for fifth in points responsible. He's seventh in the nation rush in rushing touchdowns with 13. 16th in rushing yards in D2. 17th in completion percentage. He has almost a 65% completion. Of uh, completion staff ranked 17th in the nation, including 18 in rushing yards per game at almost 104 per game. Let's talk about some of the other leaders on the Nebraska Kearney side. They have at the receiving position, Dayton Seeley, one of the running backs, has two has 333 receiving yards. And then um, in the rushing department, um, another one, they uh, got Montrez Jackson also. He has 388 yards rushing to add to TJ Davis's 830. So this Loper defense offense is pretty stacked. To get a grip on, um, on the offense, how well Nebraska Kearney has been doing this season, we brought in once again the voice of the Lopers. Jason Jorgensen is back with us for his second appearance on the podcast. We talk about last week's game against Lincoln. And his thoughts, and his key to the game, if the Lopers are going to walk out of Maryville with a victory over Northwest. We're here on the Clip Notes Podcast. It is the Week 9 portion of the MIAA pregame show. We are previewing the huge matchup in Super Region 3 between Nebraska, Carney and Northwest. And we have a view from the press box from the voice of the Lopers. Jason Jorgensen is back with us. Jason, welcome back.
4: Well, it's good to be back. I'm I'm glad we've got something to talk about this week.
0: Absolutely. Well, we got a couple of things to talk about this week. We're going to talk about the big game this Saturday. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. But um last Saturday, U and K um took care of business at home um a fifty-six fifty-six to nothing win over Lincoln on Saturday. So um Jason, your thoughts on the Lopers' win?
4: It's about what I figured it would be. I knew Coach Lynn. He's a really good guy, and he's been there before. He's been on the other side of it. I knew they would not try to run it up on Lincoln. I knew they would not look for a big number. Uh, They would do enough. Uh, They got out into the game. They got the lead. T.J. Davis was out of the game, and most of the starters were out of the game probably with four and a half, five minutes left in the second quarter. So, they played a lot of kids, six different guys scored touchdowns, got the second shutout, which was pretty cool, and now they get themselves ready for the Bearcats.
0: Absolutely. And uh, it's, uh, it figures, you know, Northwest week, um, the regional rankings come out, and um, Nebraska Kearney is at number seven in the first set of Super Region 3 rankings, while Northwest is at number five. Um, Jason, just your thoughts on, on where Nebraska Kearney is, is as far as the Super region.
4: It's good for them to be mentioned. I talked to some of them about it yesterday. Uh, it really doesn't mean anything right now. I mean, that's the first one. It's it's nice that you're there, and you know if you take care of business, you should be in good shape, but I, I think seven's probably fair for what they're at. Uh, they got a chance to move up, depending upon how they play here, so no, no issues here. I, I think it just speaks to what Josh Lynn has done with this program, how good of a season they've had. They're one bad quarter away from being an undefeated football team, and it's good that they're getting some recognition now in the uh, in the regional rankings.
0: Well, it's a big one. It's a big one this Saturday. Not only, I, I would assume it's probably the MIAA game of the week, but it's definitely one of the big games of the week in the country. Also, Nebraska Kearney makes the trip to Maryville this Saturday at two o'clock to take on Northwest. It's a huge game in the region, a huge game in the MIAA, huge implications there. Um uh, Jason, um your thoughts on this matchup, um, your thoughts on um how um you and Kate matches up with um Northwest. And I would probably ask you, um, what do you think is a key to um a key for Nebraska Carney for a win over Northwest?
4: Well I'll start off with for whatever reason, since he's been the head coach at Kearney, Josh Lynn and his teams have played very well against the Bearcats. The first year, he had no business even being in the game in Kearney. The Lopers were just outmatched that day, and it was 13 to nothing. The next year, they go to Maryville. They get punched in the face early on. That crowd is roaring there. It's 21 nothing. I'm looking at my broadcast partner, Larry Connor saying, hold on, this, this is going to be a rough ride. And the Lopers outplayed Northwest after that and made it a game and had a chance in the second half of that one. And then in 2019, the last time they played, Northwest comes to Kearney, and that was a real signature victory for that Loper team. Uh, TJ Davis was the starting quarterback that day, rushed for over 100 yards, outplayed Braden, and uh they they got the win. So, I think they go into this thing with a game plan, they know how to attack it, and they know they can win. Now, the big thing is winning at Maryville. That's a whole that's a whole different level that they have to get over. But they know they can play with Northwest Missouri, and they know they can win. I think that's half the battle. The key in this game, in my opinion, from what I have seen watching Northwest Missouri, and I've seen several of their games on online and on video. How does that UNK offensive line handle that front four from Northwest Missouri? They have got to give TJ Davis time. He doesn't need a lot. He does not need a big crack or a hole to run through. They just have to find a way to hang in there and let T.J. Davis do what T.J. Davis does. And he has been a program-defining talent at the quarterback position for the Lopers. I think that's the biggest key.
0: I'm definitely really excited for the game. I'm really excited to see T.J. Davis. I talked about with Devin Albertson from D2Football.com. We we both think T.J. Davis is our favorite player in the NIAA, and I'm so excited to be able to see him live for the first time, and I'm so excited for this game. Um, Jason, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast and talking about this big game, and um, we will see you um, this Saturday in Maryville.
4: Well, looking forward to it. Please stop by the booth and say hi. So, uh, hope to get to meet you this weekend.
0: Alrighty, the next matchup that we're gonna take a look at is um, Missouri Western taking on Missouri Southern. Um, That is also at two o'clock. In Joplin, Missouri, uh, both teams enter in the game with a 3-5 and five identical record. Let's go over where both teams are ranked in the MIAA in the big statistical categories. At points scored, Missouri Western has the advantage over Southern with 28.6 points per game. That is 7th in the MIAA for Missouri Western, while Missouri Southern ranks 10th in that category with just over 21 points per game. Points allowed, though, Missouri Southern. Their defense has been pretty stout this year. 26.9 points allowed this season while Missouri Western is allowing almost 33 a game. That is 10th in the MIAA. Missouri Southern ranks 7th in points allowed. In passing, Missouri Western holds a slim advantage there, passing for almost 229 yards a game. 7th in the MIAA while Missouri Southern passes at exactly 200 yards a game. That is 11th dead last in the MIAA in passing. In passing yards allowed, uh, Missouri Western is second to last at in the MIAA in passing yards allowed. They've allowed almost three hundred at two hundred and ninety yards per game allowed through the air. While Missouri Western, while well, Missouri Southern is second in the MIAA with two hundred eight passing yards allowed. As far as the rushing attack, though, Missouri Southern ranks fourth in the MIAA with a one with one hundred sixty-three yards rushing, while Missouri Western is eighth with hundred and forty yards per game. As far as rushing yards allowed, Missouri Western has a little bit of an advantage. They allow just 146 yards a game, rushing down a sixth in the MIAA. Missouri Southern ranks uh, ninth with 180 yards allowed on the ground, and then total offense, Missouri Southern. Uh, both these teams are pretty equal in that category. Missouri Western is three 300, with 368 yards of total offense. That ranks eighth in the MIAA, while Missouri Southern... Th- Missouri Southern is ninth with 363 yards of total offense they average per game. and the total defense, they're about equal in that category, too, with Missouri Southern holding a two-place advantage over Missouri Western. Southern allows 388 yards per game on the defensive side. That is good for 7th, while Missouri Western allows over 400 yards at 446 yards per game. That is ninth in the conference in total defense. To talk about Missouri Western and more, we have have my guy from Griffin Sports Spotlight, and he is the sports editor of the St. Joseph News Press. Brandon Zinner is back on for another week to join us. We talk about last week's game against Pitt State and his thoughts on the game against Missouri Southern, and we get his thoughts on the big game between Nebraska Kearney and Northwest also. Here's our interview with Brandon Zinner, and that is coming up right now. And we're here on the Clifton's Notes Podcast. We are here on the week nine MIAA pregame show. We are here with the sports director of the St. Joseph News Press and News Press Now and the host of Griffin Sports Spotlight, Brandon Zinner, is back with us once again. Brandon, how are you?
5: I'm doing fantastic, Clifton. Thanks for having me on.
0: Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, Brandon, um, Missouri Western, unfortunately, on Saturday night, couldn't make it win number two in a row as they fall to Pittsburgh State. Thirty-four to fourteen was the final score. Um, Brandon, just um, your thoughts on the game? Yeah,
5: you know, obviously, it's just kind of the, the same things we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks with this uh, with this football team. They've just had collapses in, in all three phases uh, as of late. Uh, you have uh, uh, Pittsburgh State runs back the opening kickoff uh, ninety-eight yards for a touchdown after uh, winning the coin toss and accepting the ball, and that's already a demoralizing start enough uh, for. Uh, for the for the Griffins and then, uh, but from from there the offense they put together three three drives of uh, 29 total plays. They're picking up first downs, but uh, with penalties and whatnot, just moves them backwards and, and unable to get any points. And that comes after uh, the Western defense forced back to back punts. And then uh, from there, uh, Pitt State just kind of gets back into rhythm and Western starts giving up big plays a little bit. Some more penalties on defense, and next thing you know, they're down 27 nothing and. Um uh, Anthony Vespo gets pulled there uh, after going three and out to start the second half. And Reagan Jones comes on at quarterback, the freshman, and he scores uh, two touchdowns. Um, and, and I think that was kind of the bright spot is, is how the, the offense was able to to get some points and and uh, get some drives going under, under the freshman quarterback uh, from Wichita. Uh, and I think that's kind of something that they're really uh, going to be going back and forth throughout this week is if they – if they decide to move on uh, from Vespo and give Reagan Jones a shot as a starter, uh, or do they stick with Anthony? I mean, he, He's a guy who uh, set the single game yardage record against Washburn. But ever since that game, the last four games, he only has one scoring drive and that was a rushing touchdown uh, by that offense. So uh, Griffin's definitely have a lot of questions with three weeks left to go. Well, um, here's
0: the last three weeks. First of all, it's going to start with uh, Missouri Southern Missouri Southern comes into the um, this game with Western with the same record three and five. But they've played some of the top teams in the MIAA. They've played them close. They played Pitt to a four-point game. Um, they played a real close game with Emporia last week. Um, they beat UCO, a team that beat Missouri Western. So um, your thoughts on this matchup with Missouri on with Missouri Southern.
5: Yeah, if you're Western, this is a, I mean, it's simply a game you have to have. If you if you lose this game, you're saying that you're one of the, the bottom four teams in the MIAA. Simply put, if you win this game, there's there's still a chance for you can go out and finish the season six and five. Um, so, I mean, this is, this is kind of the game uh, the, the rest of the year. Cause I mean, this uh, Missouri Southern team, they, they're, uh, they're pretty balanced. They have a guy who can, who can run the ball pretty well and Nathan Glades and then uh, Dawson Hurl their quarterback. Uh, he's a, he's a pretty efficient quarterback, only three interceptions all year against nine touchdowns. And uh, I mean, he just, he, he seems with the, he's pretty smart with the ball. I um, mean, this Southern team, they just kind of want to be physical, get after you and try to make you uncomfortable. And, like you said, the Pitt State team, uh, one of the best offenses in the MIAA. They held them to just 20 points, um, and, and they were able to frustrate Emporia, who's proven to be one of the five, six best teams in this conference. And so if if Western uh, doesn't doesn't clean up the things that we've been seeing it be issues for the last four or five weeks, uh, really all season in some aspects with the big plays and whatnot, uh, it, it, could, it could be a long road trip for, for Western. And I think, I think they, they have the ability to get that turnaround, whether they can put that together still remains to be seen.
0: Well, Brandon, I know that you and I, we talk about Missouri Western football all the time, but I got to get your thoughts. Uh, there's a big game in Maryville going on this Saturday. Um, the the number seventh ranked team in Super Region 3, Nebraska, Kearney taking on the fifth ranked team in Super Region 3, Northwest. Um, the two top teams in the MIAA. Um, this is pretty much um, the winner is in the driver's seat as far as an MIAA division crown. Um Winner, I think, probably moves themselves up in the region, I would think. Um, your thoughts on this um, huge matchup in Maryville?
5: Yeah, I mean, this is going to be fascinating. I, I don't see this being a high-scoring game uh, at all. This has the feel of uh, – it, it could be 14-10, it could be twenty seventeen, but I don't see like more than 40 points scored in this game. I mean, it just it, it feels like a playoff game between two teams that really can do – just about anything well and that includes play some pretty good defense and uh, we know the Northwest crowd it's going to be homecoming um and and what better time to have it for the biggest game uh, of the season uh I mean it's just it's gonna be a fun it's gonna be such a fun one I I gotta give Northwest the edge just because they're at home uh and they have a guy named Al Keller who is one of the best players in the MIAA but but Carney, it's like It wouldn't surprise me if this comes down to the final four minutes, and Carney has the ball, and T.J. Davis uh, makes something happen, and 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 he stuns Northwest, kind of like Fort Hayes was able to do a couple years ago, and uh, and Carney goes back goes back to uh, to Loper Nation, and and uh, they're feeling pretty good about walking away the next two weeks and having an MIAA championship in hand, and probably being a top three seed, getting a home home game in the region. So yeah, I mean, there's just huge implications for this one. Um, and this is what you want to see uh, in the end. Miawaa, the two best teams that vote the coach. I think the coaches uh, and the media voted them. Uh, if not one, two, they were both in the top three. Um, and so for this, this game to come down week nine, and uh, both teams just one loss. I mean, what what better can you ask for? And uh, this should just be a phenomenal game. I'm glad I don't have to cover it, and uh, I can kind of just sit back and watch it. <laughs> I think it's definitely going to be a fun one. I'll be in the house in Maryville, and I think, that, I think definitely you'll have a blast of
0: checking that out there, but um, you can check out Brandon, um, new MP now Zinner on Twitter. You can check him out on Griffin Sports Spotlight every single week. Um, Brandon does a great job covering Missouri Western Sports, and um, Brandon, thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast
5: once again, and um, good luck to you guys in your coverage this week. Yeah, thank you. Basketball starts up next week. I don't know what your plans are, but Hopefully, it's something that we continue in the basketball season. We've already got games uh, this week. we got regular season games next week for the men's side. So, hey, I, I'm, I'm excited as ever for winter sports season to be here. And, uh, of course, fall, it's, uh, it's only going to get heated up as, uh, as these last few weeks roll in for the regular season of football. Absolutely. We'll definitely be talking basketball here real soon. Thank you so much, Brandon. Have a good one
0: was Brandon Zinner of the St. Joseph News Press. Thank you so much, Brandon, for coming on. What, as far as the Southern side of things, Atiba Bradley is the 14th head coach in Missouri Southern history. He has his team at a 3-5 record right now. Missouri Southern, they played a lot of good teams close. They played in close last week. They um, they only lost to Pitt State, I think it was week four. They only lost to them by four. That owned a favor over UCO back in week three. So, you know, a week earlier before that, Missouri Southern actually lost to Northeastern State, and they came back to beat UCO. So it kind of depends on which Missouri Southern team you get. But this Missouri Southern team, this team is capable of competing with a lot of teams in the MIAA. Well, the Missouri Southern side of the um, of the ball, we talked to their voice, Mike McClure, was was kind enough to join us on the podcast. We talked about his journey into the broadcasting world. We talk about Missouri Southern's 2021 season so far and his keys for Missouri Southern if they're going to come out with a victory over Missouri Western in Joplin. On the Clifton Podcast, this is the Week 9 MIAA pregame show to preview the big game between Missouri Western and Missouri Southern this Saturday. We have the voice of the Missouri Southern Lions with us, Mike McClure. Mike, how are you? Clifton,
6: great. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, Mike, um, let's first get into your broadcasting career. Um, how you got started and um, how you got here to Missouri Southern?
6: Wow. We're going to go way back. Back to 1985, in January of 1985, I live in Monette, Missouri, and was asked to go basically keep stats for a high school basketball game that the local radio station was doing. And got to do the third quarter of that game, and it kind of led to another game, which led to another game. And at the time, I was still working at, at a bank here in Monet. And had stayed there for about four years, and the owners of the radio station back then said, you know, we really need you to come be full-time and be our sports director, and had a nice 18-year career there, doing just basically local high school sports, did a few occasional fill-in games when I got started, literally, with Missouri Southern. Don Gross was the play-by-play broadcaster back then, and got to sit in with him and watch how he did games, and got a lot of advice from Don, and that just kind of grew from there. And then I started my own broadcasting company here in Bonette back in 2009, covering uh, local high schools and Mediacom in Springfield. They're a cable company. I started doing broadcasts for them in the late 1990s, and so I've kind of been around sports later for about 37 years. Uh, became the full-time Missouri Southern play-by-play broadcaster back in the fall of 2013. I also do TV work for ESPN Plus and ESPN3 in Springfield for the Missouri Valley Conference. So I do about 200 broadcasts a year. It's, it's a busy time, but I, I absolutely love what I do.
0: Uh, That's an awesome story, Mike. Um, Well, Mike, let's talk about the uh, 2021 Missouri Southern Lions. Right now, they're um, three and five right now, but they played some really good teams close. I know they played Pitt State close several weeks ago. They played Emporia close. They own a victory over UCO. Um, Mike, just talk about um, your thoughts on them this year's um, Lions team.
6: Well, it has to do with our new head coach, Atiba Bradley, who played his high school ball in Joplin. He was a Joplin Eagle, uh, played college football at Missouri Southern, came back as a assistant coach at Southern, and was an assistant coach at a couple other different schools, including the University of South Dakota. He was at McKendree University, he was at Quincy University, and when the head job came open at Missouri Southern, literally it was a chance for Atiba to come home, and he has done an amazing job in his first fall season. He very inspiring head coach, very positive head coach, and it is all due to a atipa bradley why this team is sitting here at three and five and very possibly could be five and three but it's been a wonderful turnaround
0: and i i absolutely agree with that but um this saturday um game in joplin um missouri southern hosts missouri western um grips come in with a three and five record um i think probably it wouldn't be the expectations missouri western expected heading into the season but um Mike, just uh, your thoughts on this matchup with the Griffs and um, keys to the game for, you think, that are keys to the game for Missouri Southern to come out on top.
6: Well, Missouri Western has two really good quarterbacks and Anthony Vespo and Reagan Jones. Jones probably the better running quarterback. Anthony probably the better throwing quarterback. They've got really good depth at running back. As far as Missouri Southern goes, they've pretty much had the same quarterback all year long, Dawson Hurl. He's a redshirt freshman out of Independence, Missouri. He's only thrown three interceptions this year. He's completed 58% of his passes. Got decent depth at the running back position. And, again, it's led by a freshman from Joplin, Nathan Glades, who's got 125 carries for 615 yards and five touchdowns. You'll see Jeremy Brown back there. Hopefully if they get back from injuries, you'll see Taylor Thomas and Josh Mercer and Billy Manns. They're really deep at running back. And Atiba doesn't really like a guy to carry the ball 20 or 25 times. He really tries to spread the carries out. We've got some good wide receivers in Brian Boyd Jr. and Jaden Stoschak and Jermichael Cooper and Akeem Gilmore. Just you know, really solid offensively, but I think what's been the big turnaround for Southern has been their defense this year. And honestly, the heart and soul of their defense is their three linebackers: uh, Richard Jordan Jr., whose dad is in the Missouri Southern Athletic Hall of Fame; Coleman Booker, who played high school ball nearby at East Newton High School; and Colton Winder, who's also from a nearby high school in Carthage, Missouri. And they're all, you know, Richard Jordan Jr., Coleman Booker, are both juniors; Colton Winder's a sophomore. And, It's just fun to see these kids have success on the football field for the first time in a long time.
0: Well, Mike, um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and uh, talking about um, Missouri Southern Lions football. Um, Best of luck um, to you um, in your preparation for coverage for Saturday's game.
6: I appreciate it. Glad Glad to be on with you.
0: Thank you so much to the voice of the Missouri Southern Lions, Mike McClure, for coming on the podcast. Um, The rest of the MIAA slate here on Week 9 is as follows. We got three 1 o'clock games and three 2 o'clock games. The 1 o'clock games are UCO at Pitt State, Emporia State at Fort Hay State, and Northeastern State on the road at Washburn. The only other 2 o'clock game besides the Northwest and Missouri Western games is UCM on the road at Lincoln. To discuss these matchups, including the Northwest and Missouri Western Games in depth, we were able to bring on our MIAA columnist from D2Football.com, Devin Albertson, to talk about all things MIAA and so much more. And we're here on the Clip Notes Podcast. We are continuing on here with our Week 9 MIAA pregame show. We are here with the MIAA columnist for D2Football.com. That would be Mr. Devin Albertson. Devin, how are you? I'm doing great, Cliff. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited for this big matchup in Maryville on this Saturday. We'll talk about that here in just a few minutes, but um, we're going to go back to last week here real quick. And first of all, let's recap Northwest. Um, We didn't really get a chance to talk whenever um, Northwest got defeated by Washburn a couple weeks ago, but the Bearcats were able to uh, rebound on Saturday with a very stylish victory over Northeastern state. Um, just your thoughts on um, just your thoughts on that ball
7: game. Yeah, Northwest kind of did that. Came out and did what they were supposed to do in that game. wasn't anything overly flashy. It was just the better team kind of taking control of that football game. Uh, I think at one point late in the third quarter, like a minute fifty five left, I think my memory serves right. It was Northwest had five hundred and thirty eight yards to forty eight for Northeastern. I mean, it was just an absolute dominating game by Northwest. Northeastern's their only touchdown came off a of pick six, kind of a Um, doing too much play by Ho and Steve. Other than that, he played really well. Uh, I think Northwest uh, Moya played really well from that linebacker spot receiver role came in and had a great game for him. And I think Northwest are kind of, they needed a tune-up game before they played Carney this week. And that's what that was. And they were able to get the offense kind of back on track a bit. And they ran for a lot of yards. The quarterbacks played well. Braden Wright came in, did his thing a little bit and played very well as well in some relief duties. So it was good to see the Bearcats kind of do that and kind of as expected as they should have played for some team like Northeastern.
0: Well, it seems like you and Kay got a, got a tuned-up game also um, last week when they played Lincoln. So both these teams are b- almost getting tuned-up games for the big game. Um, our other local team here in the northwest Missouri area, Missouri Western, didn't fare as well. Um, had, they had that win over Northeastern State two weeks ago, but then came out against Pittsburgh State and lost 34-14, to was the final score there. Um, your thoughts on that game in St. Joe?
7: I, I know North, I know Missouri Western won two weeks ago versus Northeastern, but still the offense wasn't I know they put up a lot of points, but they had two pick sixes and a kickoff return for a touchdown. So it wasn't just the offense put up big numbers in that game. So I was kind of wondering how Missouri Western would keep going here as the year went on. And honestly, played great in the first half. I watched the first half there versus Pitt. Pitt's defense is really good. I mean, Pitt State has a really good defense. They were able to shut Missouri Western down. And they just got to find a way to be better than the passing game. I know uh, Burton had a really good game there on Saturday. I think he had 135 yards, uh, but they threw for under 200 as a team. You can't have one guy like that get 60% of your receiving yards in a game like against Pitt State and they expect a win. So they got to find something with that offense. The last month of the season, really, ever since they played Northwest, Kearney, Northeastern, now Pitt. I know three of those four teams have really good defenses, but they haven't been able to find their stride to get an offense after what we saw earlier in the year versus Emporia and Washburn where in Fort Hayes, where they're putting up big numbers, maybe not win those games sometimes, but they're putting up big numbers on offense. And we haven't seen that over the last month.
0: Well, Devin, that's, that was last week. We, we put that in the bed. We put week eight, in the bed. Now it's week nine. Um, The thing that really was the most anticipated thing that happened at the beginning of the week, the release of the regional rankings finally took place this week. Um, We had two teams in the MIAA in the top seven. Um, that would be Northwest at number five and Nebraska Kearney at number seven. Um, Washburn on the outside looking in a little bit at number nine. I'm sure probably Pitt State's probably somewhere outside of that top ten in the mix. But um, your thoughts on um, how the MIAA stacks up in the region and um, your thoughts on the regional rankings, the first set overall.
7: Um, so I wasn't surprised that Northwest came out at five. I know we had the D2 show there on Sunday night that we talked about some regional rankings, have some predictions for that. And just if you remember the regional rankings, it's not a prediction of where they're going to finish or a full season resume. It's the first seven week resume. So Northwest hasn't played Carney yet. They've played Pitt and Washburn, so their schedule's not complete at this point. So it's only a half resume, a committed kind of deal. A team like Lindenwood, who's at four, honestly, their last three games by combining like five wins from those three teams. So their schedule is going to take a big hit. And if they have some other teams they beat them off in the at a conference, if they falter a bit their resume looks a lot worse going forward than what Northwest will if they beat Carney this week or even Carney if they beat Northwest by first of their. So that's one thing we want to keep in mind for everybody, but I think Northwest at five is in a great position here. If they win out, I think they get to the three seed most likely, maybe the two, because Harding is kind of in the same situation in the Great American Conference. they played all the other top dogs in Henderson, Washington, and Southeastern. Their last three games I think are combined like three or four wins from the three teams. So their season of schedules will come back to the pack as well. So Northwest, if they went out, it'd be, I think them or Grand Valley or Harding for that 2-3 seed kind of deal there. So Northwest, they're in great shape. They just got to take care of their own business, beat Carney. They still have to play Emporia and Southern. So a couple of teams that can definitely um, catch them slipping if they're not careful. So Northwest, still work to do, but they're in a great position going forward. And for Carney, kind of same thing. They're in great shape. Washburn, if you're the Ichabod's, you want Northwest to lose this weekend because you'll both have two losses and you have the head-to-head versus them possibly getting the playoffs. They lost to Carney earlier this year. So Washburn, they're rooting for the Lopers this week because they want to get in the playoffs, and their best chance is to get the head-to-head over North, Northwest in the um, head-to-head matchup.
0: Well, Devin, this is the big one this week. It's the MIW <laughs> game of the week. I, I would probably venture to say it's probably the Super Regional 3 game of the week. Um, Nebraska Carney. Comes to Maryville with a showdown with Northwest. Um, I would think probably the winner uh, would have um, at least be in the driver's seat for an MIAA championship um, and a good position for the re- in the region. Um, Devin, your thoughts on this huge matchup in Maryville and maybe a key or two for each team if they're going to pull out the win?
7: Oh, yeah, that's a huge game and definitely the biggest game in the regional. So uh, this week, I know. There's a couple other important games, but nothing to this magnitude where you have two teams in the top seven kind of playing each other, and it can really um, jostle the rankings in the next week a little bit in championship. I know there's still a couple games after this, but this is a big one. If you win this game, you get at least probably a share of the conference title unless you slip up kind of deal, so – if you look at both teams, they like to run the football. Northwest with Al McKellar. If Green's back this week, Moya and company, they like to establish that run first and give their quarterback some play-action passes. Find Tatum, who's been really good this year in the slot for Northwest. You still love Donald and Davis, your big play guys on the outside. Northwest, that's what they want to do on offense. nebraska Party, they want to run, 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 run. They got T.J. Davis, and if you pack the box too much, he is still a confident enough passer to hit you over the top with some receivers. They've hit some big shot plays in the passing game this year, so. The one weakness of the Northwest defense is that secondary. How much does Rich Wright and company trust his guys on an island there to shut down that running game for nebraska Kearney? Because if they get the running game and the passing game going at the same time, it's really tough to stop them. If you can force Davis to be a pure pocket passer in the second half of this game, I like Northwest's chances. And I said this earlier in the week. I think the magic number for Northwest is 27. They hit the 27 points with that defense. I think they win this game. And I think the over-under for the game has to be 50 or less. Because if it gets over 50 points, that means Carney's scoring more and more. It's put more pressure on the Northwest offense to, to match that. And if it gets to a shootout, that heavily flavors the Lopers in this one. The Northwest, they want a defensive, grind-out game. If it finishes 10-7, uh, Rich Wright, I think, would love that. I think the fans might be like, this was a tough game to watch for three hours. But it's going to be one of those types of games where Northwest, they want to grind it out, uh, run the ball, control, control the ball that way, and kind of control the line of the scrimmage. And you saw versus Pitt – their D-line struggled a bit with that power running game coming right at them a bit. We'll see if Northwest can adjust some the thing and maybe shut down Kearney, especially in the red zone. If you can hold them to three instead of seven, you're in great shape going forward.
0: Yeah, but absolutely. That would be a big one on Saturday. I'm going to be there. I think you're going to be there too, so that would be a big one. But we do have one more matchup in the MIAA to discuss here. Um, Missouri Western goes on the road um, this week to take on Missouri Southern. Um, I think Missouri Southern's better than their record has been this year. They've played a lot of great teams close. they played Pitt close. They played Emporia close. Um, Last week, they have a victory over Central Oklahoma, who beat Missouri Western back in week one. So I think this is a real interesting ball game. Um, your thoughts on this game in Joplin?
7: So Missouri Southern, they started the year 0-2, losing to Kearney and Northeastern. I'm like, okay, this is the same old Missouri Southern team that we've seen the past four or five years. And then something – Changed there in week three. They beat UCO in a 14-10 game. Their defense played really well. You know, okay, that's a huge upset for them. We'll see how they carry on with that. Lost to Ford Hayes. And then up nearly upset Pitt State, a game where they had the ball down by four under a minute to go in Pitt territory. They turned over on downs on a drop pass that would have given them a first down. So they were in the game versus Pitt State, who we've seen how good Pitt State is this year. They beat Lincoln kind of as, as, as expected there. They beat UCM, which was a great upset win from Missouri Southern. I love that for their program. to kind of build something off of that. So since they're 0-2 start, they're 3-3 in a, in a tough-and-might-of-play conference. And Missouri Southern, their pass defense is number one ranked in the conference. I know Northwest is the best defense, but passing the ball, Missouri Southern's defense secondary is very good. They held uh, Braden Gleason from Emporia last week to 208 yards passing, I believe. He'd been averaging about 350 a game before that. So Missouri Southern pass defense is for real. I'm not sure how good their run defense is, but if they can limit Missouri Western to the air and limit Burton the big plays, I think Missouri Southern probably wins this game actually is who I'm taking in this game over Missouri Western. I think there's something just off of Missouri Western right now that, that until they get it fixed, I can't, I have a hard time trusting them in a game like this uh, that might be their equal at this point.
0: Yep, absolutely. That's, that's good. That should be, this should be a fun week in the MIAA, especially that Kearney Northwest game. It's going to be, a tremendous weekend in the MIAA. Devin, um, Devin, thank you so much for coming on the show. You can check out uh, Devin's work. He does a weekly um, preview of the MIAA schedule on D2Football.com. You can check that out there. I highly recommend checking that out. I'll, I'll retweet it once this one gets put out. This week, everybody can check it out. Devin, thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, we will see you in Maryville on Saturday, my friend.
7: Yeah, thanks, Cliff. Make sure you follow me at uh, at Devin Albertson. Follow the DQ account at DQ Football. Uh, They always post a lot of great stuff. If you have any questions of regional rankings or anything like that, that is the place to go because that's where the experts are. So when I sound smart, I'm getting my information from them. So out going forward, so they're really smart guys over there. I'm glad to work with them. So thanks for having me, Cliff, and we'll
0: see you in Maryville. Absolutely. Thank you, Devin. And that was Devin Albertson, columnist for D2Football.com. He is the MIAA columnist for D2Football.com. Now, a quick reminder: you can watch the Northwest Carney game, you can watch Missouri Western, Missouri Southern, you can watch any of these games on the MIAA Network with a subscription. It's 125 bucks for the whole year, 25 bucks a month, or 10 bucks per game. You can check all that out at the MIAANetwork.com. You can check those out there. Um, I want to appreciate I want to thank everybody so much for coming on the show. I want to thank um I want to thank Brandon Meisner of D2Football.com, Jock Coffey from Bearcat Radio, John Dykstra from the Maryville Forum, Jason Jorgensen, the voice of the Lopers, Brandon Zinner from News Press Now, Mike McClure, the voice of the Missouri Southern Lions, and Devin Albertson of D2Football.com. I want to thank so much. Thank you all so much. For coming on the podcast. Thank you all so much. I want to thank all of you guys for your listenership and your loyalty. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy your games you're all going to this weekend. And until then, see you next week.